0: radio 77 wabc this is sit in friends in the morning entertaining and informative Ooh, you're my best friend.
1: 77 wabc So we got a huge guest list today. Huge, I mean, every day is great, but just leave it at that. Every day is great. Curtis Sliwa, John Katz, Matides, Judge Andrew Napolitano, Alina Haba, Bill O'Reilly, Bo Deedle. Yesterday we did an interview with a lady, Samantha Zerker. I think. I forgot how to say our last name already. You're close. What is it again? I think it's something think like that. I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know what's on my head either. She's running for um, city council in District 13 against Curtis's guy, George, and Mike Rendino, who is the Bronx GOP chair, his sister. Uh, I don't know her last name. I forgot. I, I don't care. But uh, this lady came on yesterday, Samantha, and she leveled Rendino. And, of course, Rendino's now come back and said it's all lies. And, to be honest, I don't know Mike Rendino, never met him. I'm not really loyal to either person, but I have spoken to other people familiar with Mike and and all these people, and they're saying she didn't lie. Not at all. Now, I understand that A.J. Katz and Metides, who I love like my own daughter, I do. I love her. I know, John, you're listening. I love your daughter, A.J. I love her. And I know she's friendly with Mike and these other GOP chairs, but that doesn't matter to me. You know, I'm not saying this lady's lying because people that I love know Mike Rendino. So Mike can come on, and um, if he wants, that's fine. No one's going to strong on me, by the way. That ain't going to happen here. It's not going to happen. Okay, I do a radio show. I bring people on. They make a case. I did not, yesterday, at any point, confirm or deny anything this lady said. I gave her a forum, and lots of people that are in the know said everything she said was true, all of it, including making fun of her dead son. So if Rendino wants to come on and dispute it, that's fine. That's fine. But I am not going to call this lady a liar. Not yet. There's a lot more to be found out. So, uh, Ellick, if you want to uh, book uh, Mike Rendino, knock yourself out. See, I really wanted to talk to Frank Murano, host on The Other Side of Midnight, because when it comes to these city council races, there are two guys, two, that know what's going on. One is Curtis. He's coming up next. And the other is Frank. And uh, I actually urged Frank to go listen to this interview yesterday. And I wanted to hear right now. Haven't heard (laughs) heard yet. Right now, what he thought about it. He's very familiar with that race. So here he is, one of the uh, folks winning an award. Congratulations! His interview with Bill Shatner, podcast of the year. The terrific, highly rated, overnight host of the Other Side of Midnight. My good buddy Frank Morano. Frank,
0: you listened to that interview on the way home today. What are your thoughts? Uh, good morning, Sid first of good all morning. terrific interview and uh, you 're right this is a this is one of the most exciting council races in the whole city. Now, all 51 council seats are up this year, so what makes this one so special? This is the only council race in the whole city that has both a competitive Democratic primary and a competitive Republican primary, and then whomever emerges as the winners of those two contests, there will be a competitive general election. There are a handful of seats that have a competitive general. There are a bunch of seats that have competitive Democratic primaries, one or two other seats that have competitive. Republican uh, primaries, this is the only one that has three competitive aspects to it, the Republican, Democrat, and the general. I thought the interview was explosive. And I I don't have a rooting interest in this race, uh, but uh, Samantha Zerka, the things that she said about Mike Grandino were really interesting. I mean, to be honest, one of the things that I found interesting, which sort of flew under the radar, aside from the personal stuff, is she said publicly a rumor that I've been hearing about Mike Mike for years, which is that he doesn't even actually live in the Bronx. Now he he lives
1: in garden city. He lives in garden city. So right off the bat, and he
0: shouldn't even really be right. if that's true and if they can confirm that they he shouldn't even really legally be able to serve as Bronx County Committee chair so i'd certainly be eager to see if there's any sort of investigation into because he files his county his petitions listing his residence in the bronx and uh, that could be a real problem for him if that can be confirmed and investigated further
1: i just don't know why this lady would come on the air and say all these things especially making fun of her dead son, and just lie about all this. I mean, what is the – she even said, I said, do you dislike his sister? Because don't forget, folks, she's running against his sister, not him. Right. And she said, no. Christine Marmorano. Yeah, yeah, Christy. She goes, no. I mean, she seems fine. She did not attack the sister not once. So why would she come on and level Randino if all these things were lies? I, I personally don't believe that. I don't know what's true yeah, what's I, not true but I can't believe she lied about everything.
0: Again, I, I, I've liked Mike, and we've worked together from time to time on a few different races, but I, I think it says a lot about someone's judgment and someone's character when they're backing Fernando Mateo over Curtis Slewa and Dabby Carreras right. over uh, over John Tobacco. Right. I mean, um, it's, it's this good old boy network in the Bronx, and the only reason Rendino became chairman in the first place is because his predecessor was arrested. And had Jay Savino not been arrested for corruption, Jay Savino would probably still be the Bronx chairperson today
1: well there you have it so uh, if Randino wants to come on i will give him the same forum i gave samantha yesterday he can dispute every claim and then uh like fox used to say we report you decide uh, and, uh by
0: the way i want to be clear i have no issue with mike Neither. him
1: i don't even know him he yeah. can if he walked nice. into these studios right now i would have to say to lou who is that I have no idea. Don't
0: know. Don't even care. Uh,
1: but it's, But this it's, is uh,
0: the, the, the other thing that people should, should keep in mind. This is a rare opportunity for the Republicans to actually win a city council yeah, seat yeah, in the Bronx. I think the yeah. last time that happened, it's been, uh, it's been a long time.
1: A long time. Maybe the 60s. I'm not exactly sure either, but it's been a very, very long time. So this is a rare opportunity. So they've got to get their house in order. Talking about Republicans winning, one other race I want to get to, Nicole Maliotakis was back with me yesterday. She's terrific. And uh, she's out there endorsing Ari Kagan. So is Curtis Sliwa. I had the opportunity to meet Ari Kagan at Gracie Mansion actually last week for the very first time. Very excited to meet me. Was thrilled. I said nice things about him. He's got to beat Justin Brandon. I've known Justin for 23 years getting back to our days together when he was on Opie and Anthony. And I did the morning show with WNEW. But uh, he came on this show a couple of weeks ago and basically lied his way through about 12 minutes. He's got to go. Ari Kagan has
0: to win, yes? I mean, I don't see Kagan being able to beat Brandon in the general election. Why not? Well, because the district uh, so favors a Democrat, the way it's drawn. I mean, once you've got the Bay Ridge Towers in there, uh, those vote heavily Democrat. And I don't see a general election, especially not with any, with no one at the top of the ticket, like a Curtis or a Lee Zeldin, to drive right-leaning turnout. And Justin has worked that district long before he uh, was elected to it as a staffer to Vinny Gentile and someone active in the community, he's pretty well-liked in that district, and the, d- the demographics favor him. Now, I think we should have nonpartisan elections. Now, I think there should be no Republican candidate, no Democratic candidate. You just go in and vote, Kagan, Brannon, whomever you want to vote for. But the reality is, this year at least, we don't. So as long as we have partisan elections, I think Brannon wins the general election pretty handily. Uh, Kagan's best bid for this would have been to remain a Democrat and to, remember, keep in mind, he was elected as a democratic district leader just last year uh if kagan had stayed a democrat he could have used sort of the ethnic card to his advantage uh, but i think it still would have been tough to dislodge Brannon. he's a victim of redistricting kagan is here
1: frank morano as always very informational and brilliant so, Frank, uh, a couple of people passed away yesterday, and you knew a lot about both of them. Mm. One of them you even interviewed a bunch of times. But let's start with the one more important to me, being uh, years and years ago I was a big-time wrestling band. I brought up just a couple of weekends ago on this show, I got caught up. A&E has this special on every Sunday, and they do hour-long specials on former wrestlers. And they just happened to catch the American Dream Dusty Rhodes, two weeks ago, and right after the American Dream. By the way, his son, as you know, Cody, is a big star right now. But right after him, they did an hour on the Iron Sheik, and it reminded Mm. me of what was going on in this country, 1979, Jimmy Carter, into 1980, Ronald Reagan, and how that character was actually born, and it turns out the Iron Sheik Passed away yesterday. I think he was 81 years old. You know an awful lot about
0: the Iron Sheik. Frank Morano. take it away so uh, Khosrow vaziri or as wrestling fans like us know him as the iron sheik is no exaggeration one of the most important wrestlers in modern professional wrestling history because he sort of ushered in three different eras and he was a wrestler's wrestler a heels heel now just so you know a little bit about his background he really was from iran that was not a put on that was for real and he was a star amateur wrestler in iran he competed uh, on the uh, on the iranian olympic Team. He trained uh, for the Iranian—he uh, competed for a spot on the Iranian Olympic team, was such a well-regarded wrestler that while he was a star amateur wrestler, he actually worked as a bodyguard to the Shah of Iran wow. uh, while, while that was going on. So then all of a sudden, the guy that was ranked one or two spots above him in Iranian wrestling— dies under pretty mysterious circumstances. They said it was a suicide or he got sick or something, but most people believe the Shah had him killed. So, um, uh, uh, Kazro sees this. He says, I don't want to end up like this guy. I'm going to head over to the United States, moves to Minnesota in the 1970s and becomes the assistant coach of uh, two U.S. Olympic wrestling teams. And then tries to get into the world of pro wrestling. He's trained by Vern Gagne, and he builds himself as an all-American Olympian. He's wearing Olympic garb, looked nothing like the guy that we knew. He's wearing an Olympic medal around his neck, but his career's not really taking off. So he decides to shave his head, grow a mustache, and wear an Arab headscarf, which they don't really wear in Iran, and sort of play into the Islamophobia that was, you know, then and maybe even still present in America. Then... A few years into this gimmick of the Iron Sheik, where he's waving the Iranian flag, then... Not only waves the Iranian flag,
1: but he actually would spit. That was his spit. He'd go, pooh! And he would spit on the American flag. Right, exactly. That's right. So then,
0: 1979, the Iranian Revolution happens. This is a horrible thing for the hostages, a horrible thing for the Middle East and the world. The best possible thing that could ever have happened to the Iron Sheik, because all of a sudden he goes from people booing him to people wanting to kill him. Kill him. They had to securely get him out of the arena in an ambulance at times because they were so concerned about his health. But the important thing about this is. If not for the Iron Sheik, Hulkamania and that whole Hulkamania era would have never happened. Bob Backlund had been the champion for six straight years, hadn't lost a match in six years. Very much kind of a howdy doody looking guy, an all-American boy, but could not have delivered the star power that Vincent K. McMahon wanted in the 1980s. And Backlund refused to drop the title belt to Hulk Hogan, but because he respected the Sheik's amateur background and because uh you know it was a different type of character, he was. With Willing to lose to the Iron Sheik, so the Iron Sheik is the champion. Still to this day, the only Iranian ever to be the WWE World Heavyweight Champion, and he's offered a hundred thousand dollars to take the belt to Minnesota to the AWA and not lose to Hogan. They said, even though you're scripted to lose, break his leg. Break his leg. Take the belt to Minnesota. You'll be a hero in the Midwest. But he was true to his word, and he dropped the belt to Hogan. And he was in a position to make millions. And then a few years later, he gets caught in a a (laughs) car with Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Uh, They're arrested for drinking and driving and possession of cocaine, and that said to the world that wrestling was officially fake because right. Hacksaw and the Sheik were fighting that night, right. and good guys and bad guys were not supposed to travel together. So he was fired and had a tough time for for many years after that. Well, that, that was Fire it. I, I know he, yeah, he
1: kept coming back and other leagues, and that was it, though. You're right. And uh, Dugan, Duggan, I should say, only had marijuana. It was the Sheik who had the cocaine had the and cocaine right. in his system. But that was it. People were like, okay, they're going to kill each other, they're going to kill each other, and they're getting high together in a yeah. car by the garden. Uh, that is uh, that is uh, great, great stuff. Look at you all over it. Bob Backlund, he used to walk up and down the stairs uh, all morning long. That was his shtick. And then ran for political office, you may remember, in Connecticut uh, years and years ago. Last one, about 60 seconds. The other guy to pass away. And believe me when I tell you, my dear friend Stephen Sharippa, a.k.a. Bobby Bacalop from the Sopranos, is not is not sitting shiver this morning. The comedian Pat Cooper, your friend, passed away yesterday.
0: Uh, You know, I am so sorry to see him gone. He was a friend of mine for over two decades. Originally, we met through Joe Franklin. But I found Pat Cooper to be the funny one of the funniest people ever and a guy that really so understood the appeal and the humor of old-school Italian nostalgia, a guy that even if you were to just read his routine, it wasn't that funny. But the way he delivered his performance, they're not even jokes. It's basically him comedically complaining about the world and everyone he knew. There was nobody more entertaining. And uh, the, you think of all the roles that he had in movies like Analyze This, Analyze That, and playing himself on Seinfeld. He made everything he was a part of, whether it was my show, whether it was the Howard Stern show, whether it was Seinfeld. He made everything he was a part of better. And it's difficult to imagine a lot of those Friars Club roasts that he was such a big part of being the hit that they were without him. Uh, it's really yeah. the end of an era. Yeah. Uh, that whole class of c- comedian is just uh, no longer with us, and, and that's a shame. I'm going to miss him.
1: He died an ordinary prick, by the way. He was a nasty guy for the last 10 years of his life. But, no, uh, he
0: was honestly pretty nasty, nasty for the last 70 yeah. years of his but life.
1: But what's funny about life. that is I've taught you well, because what you did at the end there was find a way to include your show and yourself in the same sentence as Howard Stern and Jerry <laughs> Seinfeld. <laughs> Frank, I've taught you well. <laughs> I have taught you well. And it's true, you did do all those great interviews. In fact, I'm going to play some of that sound later on in today's program. And as always... Great job with me this morning, buddy. I love you. Congratulations again on your monster ratings, on your award you'll receive in uh, September. Keep up the great work, Frankie. You're great.
0: I love you too, man, and uh, congratulations to your award. If there's two people whose egos probably don't need the boost of an award, it's mine and yours.
1: You're right about that. And your friend Arthur Idalla, who texted me this morning too, he's not exactly suffering from self-esteem issues lately either. Anyway, i never
0: th- heard of him. <laughs> i never heard
1: of him. One hour in the books. we got an exciting 7 o'clock hour coming your way with three great guests. Curtis Sliwa, Don Katsimatidis, and Judge Andrew Napolitano. Big time 7 o'clock hour is next.